Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 148, episode one of Dead Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially, off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck, fuck Fox News, fuck, fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck, fuck, Rush. fuck Sexton, ah. fuck Dan Shapiro, fuck oh, Carl. It's too wet. It's too soaking in here. Call the doctor. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday, August 24th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Short Tide White Thighs. Short Tide. These White Thighs. Uh, that is courtesy of Fraggle Rock Stan account. Shout out to you. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. They see me rolling, ablazing, putting Liddy back in compacts for utility. The Mazda CX-30 in a Mazda CX-30 in a Mazda CX-30. <laughs> Shout out to Christy Yamaguchi main for that one. Crispy Meme D for, you know, you, you heard the branded content. Mazda said, look. We got to unite with the most powerful podcast uh, just to talk, get these takes off. So shout out to y'all and shout out to you for that, AK. Uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the brilliant and talented Tori Williams Douglas. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome. Up. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. How, how is Portland, all things considered? You know, adjusted for pandemic and adjusted for is it, is it day six of the protests? I don't. We're we're getting yeah. real close to four months now. Um, it's pretty good, honestly. Yeah. How's I, the weather? I, I fucking love the city. I was born and raised here. It's amazing. Oh, nice. Um, it's raining, which we needed because it was like fire season. You know. Mm -hmm. um, I, well, we've heard obviously, of that. obviously, you know. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're clearly we're, we're being admonished by the president because we didn't do enough yard work. Like, because is know, he doing he that again? Oh God! Uh, I'm pretty sure he's in the process of threatening uh, disaster funds because remember last time that famous thing with Gavin Newsom? He's like, you see all these leaves here? Like, you got to get that shit out. That's what the fire is <laughs> starting at all. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. My God. But yeah, uh, we know yeah. a thing or two about the fire season. I do. Yeah. Yeah, Miles, we, we have that too. Does, does it look hazy outside your window? How, yeah, how yeah, yeah. The air quality is not good. I, don't, yeah. I think for most of California, I mean, especially up north. Uh, but yeah, up it's, north, it's real ugly. Yeah, um, I mean, it's wild when like you're like the advice is like wear an N95 mask, but also cover up the the like the plug. Like right. if you're gonna have to be outside, like in certain areas where there's so much like particulate matter coming down. So mm, particulate. Yeah. 2020, baby. Mm. Uh, I mean, that one's just going to keep getting worse. Yeah, that one is a ever-present for sure. Yeah. Uh, unless, I mean, it's, uh, it's silly for me to even say this, but <laughs> unless we uh, do something about climate change. But, I mean, that's a... That's ridiculous. Well, well, hold on. That's interesting. No. How, how, how much you think that's going to cost here, this whole climate? <laughs> well, let, let's that's put right. a dollar amount on that first. Where does that fit I like on the uh, spreadsheet? Yeah, what um, are we talking here? 
couple bucks, 50 bucks a month or something from <laughs> the federal government? What I got to do? Can we just talk about the cost-benefit analysis, though? Because yeah. we, don't, we don't have a backup planet, so... Mm, well, how much, but yeah, but the cost is important because that's the first part of this whole thing. I can't see yes. the benefits if I don't know the cost, you know what I mean? <laughs> I also need the benefits to affect me in the next couple of months. <laughs> in the next, uh, yeah, if, if at possible. my next shareholder call. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, is that going to be a Q3 problem? What are we talking about? Oh, you know, I can you imagine those early discussions at those fucking petroleum companies when they're like, okay, so the scientists are saying like we're fucking the whole thing up, but like when they're like, well, how no, much time? No, we no, got? no, no, no. The scientists weren't saying they were the first to know about it. They well, I mean, but they did their own analysis. <laughs> right. I mean, clearly, yeah, it's I not guess like they hired Mr. Exxon Mobil went out there right. and was like, yo. You're not going to believe what I just saw. (laughs) They went out and did the research and found out it was a problem. And then we're like, all right, so we got to get a, we got to get ahead of this thing by not solving the problem. Yeah. We got 30 years to really fuck this planet up before somebody (laughs) gets up our ass about it. Oh, thank God. I'm 60. uh, And I, and I drink a lot. So I probably won't see that. Okay, great. Full steam ahead. Tori, how's the uh, air quality up in Portland? Beautiful. You know, it's it's the other day was pretty smoky, pretty hazy, but I think uh-huh. the rains the rains cleared it out a little bit. So, nice. shout out to the rain. Love the Northwest. Another yeah. town, you know, we did when we did our pre-pandemic live tour. Uh, great show we had in Portland. What a also, show! I still what think a about that burger I had before. Really uh, good, right? Venue. Yeah, Mississippi Whoop. Studios, whatever oh, is attached yeah. next door, and yep. the fries, fries are on point too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, brother yeah. works there. Well, oh, for real? he's he's a bouncer. At when okay. they have events, so pre pre pandemic times, BC before coronavirus, he might I have mean, been at our show. Must have been. I mean, it was it was so rowdy. You know, you know, yeah. live <laughs> podcast shows. <laughs> yeah, it's it gets wild. Uh, <laughs> you're really thinking about that. Like, just got right. a distant look in my eye. And, yeah, uh, you're like that way that man um, undid an umbrella for me during the rain was. Probably the wildest I've ever seen a show. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Nice. Anytime I'm uh, on tour, demand that somebody uh, hold an umbrella over my head. I do not hold my own umbrellas. Yep. Fuck that. But but do you know how to do you know how to collapse the umbrella back down when you're done with it? That's the real. That's the real question. Oh, People dumb. from Southern California don't. We're just like, ah, what do I do with this? <laughs> yeah, whenever we have umbrellas, we start doing tricks with them. Like we're like, ooh, look, I'm hypnotizing I'm you a, by spinning <laughs> it. You're like spinner. <laughs> Just yeah. throw it to the side. Just I'm leave like, it on the is street. The worst. Open. Yeah, this is like the weirdest <laughs> pogo stick I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I I miss rain. Uh, it's yeah, we miss a lot of things. I miss sandwiches that Ooh. were made by another person. Yeah. Um. All right, Tori. We're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Uh, sorry, it's, it's the good. end of the week uh, for us. Uh, for the listeners, it's the beginning of the week. Uh, but you get a little little bit of the silliness up top at the top of your week, guys. Uh, but first, we want to tell our listeners what we're talking about. Uh, ballot fuckery 2020 continues full tilt, basically. Still USPS going down. Arizona, North Carolina, all that. We're going to cover that. Uh, we're going to talk about Facebook's plans for a Trump smash and grab. Uh, Facebook is acknowledging the possibility that he's just going to, you know, try and invalidate the election if he loses. So uh, they they have some wildly inadequate plans for what would what they'll do. 
Uh, we're going to talk about Sturgis. Uh, good news out of Sturgis, folks. And then we're going to talk about the Netflix content. Some oh flicks tent that we uh, watched uh, from the top 10. Miles, you watched uh, Drunk, Drunk Parents. Parents. Holy uh, shit. And I watched Project Power. Uh, and I think we had wildly uh, different experiences. So we'll talk about that. Tori, did you watch either? Yep. Yep. I've seen both. Oh, you have? You, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, both. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you already see Project Power when it came out last week? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've that was I was fascinated, but we can get into it later. Yeah. 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 Ooh. All right. I'm excited. Before we get into any of that shit though, Tori, we like to ask our guests what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are, where you are, who we are, any of it. Yeah, I was Googling y'all before before I jumped on the call. Not who uh, we specifically. We <laughs> no, as a zeitgeist. Nothing came up. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely not. No, yeah, nothing came I'm up. I'm a exactly. 60-year-old uh, theater director, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right now, my search history is broadly books I'm reading. I'm trying to read eight books this month. Doing great. Damn. I'm on, I'm on six right now, so I'm killing what? it, actually. Um, audiobooks. That is ah. the key. Yeah, on two yeah. times speed. Uh, and back to school guidance for my kids. Mm. How many because kids do you have? I have two. Two littles. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. Ages? Uh, eight and five. Wow. So okay. yeah, kinder, kindergarten and, and third grade. And um, I, I know that this is privileged as fuck, but I'm, our district is not going back to school like in person. At least they're going to take it quarter by quarter. Mm. And I'm just, I'm really grateful for that. Like, because of the safety that they're considering yeah. the the health of the students. <laughs> they're considering the health of the teachers primarily yeah, yeah, and the of staff, course, yeah. you know, because mm. I mean, uh, like, there's this, anyway, kids don't get it as often or they don't get it as hard or whatever, which isn't true. We're finding no. out now. They get, you know, sent to the ICU just as frequently as adults do. Um, but yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful that our school district actually gives a fuck about the teachers. Yeah, that, like that means a lot to me. Right, but you know, but the uh, corporate overlords demand that we put the you know the wage slaves daycare centers must open again, or else they can't go to work. Which is like you see, just like this, like very cynical push for it when it's purely to be like, well, the thing is, if there's kids at home, then I can't get the most out of the workers that I'm employing. So if they get there, maybe we can start. It's yeah, it's just so cynical to see, especially when we're playing with people's actual lives what's a uh what's a good book you've read in the past month oh boy um this is so hard to choose uh i'm gonna go with marriage a history by i think her last name is stephanie kuntz i don't want to mispronounce that i apologize stephanie if you're listening i was so fascinated by it because she kind of goes back to you know and like examines all of these different societies over time you know as far back as we have recorded history about like marriage and families and and whatever else. Mm. And she just does this really kind of thorough analysis because, uh, and I was fascinated by it because I am really frustrated by this whole nuclear family narrative that has kind of been pushed down our throats. And she's like, yeah, that wasn't a thing until the fifties, like at all for anybody. So I appreciated that a lot. Nice. Having grown up evangelical and told that all people always, it was one man and one woman from the jump. Yes. God, God said so. 
Right. <laughs> like, nah, these look like a bunch of business transactions, really. Yeah. When I'm- <laughs> they invented it at the same time as the engagement ring. It's all part of Big Diamond, just to get, <laughs> to beers. <laughs> just to get oh people, right, to beers and bed to the nuclear family. Uh, <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Oh, boy. Uh, overrated. I think that American classics are overrated. Mm. Uh, in I'm not what a fan. Context. Uh, the so... hamburger, the hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> we can circle back to that. I'm talking about like the top 100, like like top 100 books, top 100 American films, or whatever. And I'm like, Ooh. these are all racist and sexist, and I like cannot stomach them at all. And so I'm I'm like trying to read one of them right now. Uh, what is it? The- the Ooh, last of the Mohicans, James oh. Fenway, whatever his whatever his name is, Cooper, James yeah. Fenway Cooper. Yeah. And um, just because it created so much of the myth of America, right? Is like right. from this from this particular text. It's been in print literally since like the 1820s or something. And I think that, yeah, being really informed about like this historical narrative that we've created for ourselves to convince ourselves that like we're the good guys. Um yeah. It's, it's a, a lot of that. A lot of, yeah. you know, I always say that America has the best PR, man, the best marketing. Be like, we can spin Ooh. the fuck out of anything, even things mm-hmm. that look that are genocide on paper. We're going to make that Literally. look like a dinner. Literally. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going to make that look like a really delicious dinner. Dinner. Where the yeah. sides are lit. Yeah. Oh, uh, thanks for the corn. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my right God. Back. I y'all really just. Gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, y'all are cold. Hold on. I think I got some blankets back there. It's oh, like, fuck. what the fuck? I mean, yeah, it really is so cynical. And I think that's just, you know, it, learning learning your history is some of the more, most powerful shit you can do, uh, like to expand your worldview, because it really, it almost gives yourself an opportunity to feel a little more empathy to be like, oh, wow, if, if this is the case, then maybe I do need to like expand, open myself up a little bit more to like what, the, what, what suffering could look like and does look like in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last of the Mohicans, uh, I only know from the Michael Mann movie, but right. the the central character is a white guy, right? Like an adopted white guy who yeah. it's got the Last Samurai vibes where it's yep. like, yeah, you want to find out about this culture, but it's got to be a white guy who does it. Like mm-hmm. even though he's like fully like been raised as a Mohican, but it, you know, he's white. So it's cool. Like right. right. <laughs> it's right. like, it's wait, fine. what? It's yeah. fine. Uh, uh, but I do love that movie. Um, <laughs> I, sorry. Didn't it win an Academy Award? Wasn't it like, weren't people loving the fuck out of that movie? Uh, I don't think it won an Academy Award. Oh, okay. No. It did have Daniel Day-Lewis in it. So the yeah. fact that it didn't win an Academy Award is basically a negative. Like, they might as well give it a Razzie. If you have Daniel Day-Lewis in your movie, you don't win an Academy Award. What the fuck are you even doing? Like that's, right. yeah, that is yeah. your application for uh, consideration. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated, getting ready for your day and just not going anywhere. Like get up, <laughs> wow. get dressed, do your makeup. Hello. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta you Happen. know look cute and then show up to your desk, which is right Boom. next to your bed. There you go. There <laughs> you, just, you go. You just rotate in your chair. You're like, yep. I'm ready yeah. for work. <laughs> like, there's my commute. Just a quick rotation. Uh huh. My yeah. commute yeah. is yeah. a 90 degree turn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I I mean, I started putting on clothes I haven't worn on in months. 
just for like little things. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show out at the gas station today. I don't care. Mm. Like this, yep. this, I'm surprised this shirt has been sitting here for so long. Uh, and then I also did this thing where I just retired a bunch of clothing where I'm like, well, I'm not going to be wearing a collared shirt in public for a while. So I'm going to put this in a bag that goes in the garage now uh, nice. just so I can, I don't know. But yeah, there is something to giving ourselves those little moments. Like I've, I'm realizing how much the clothing or presentational aspect dimension is coming into like just giving myself a little bit of pep in my step when I go out versus yeah. before I'm like, look, man, it's a pandemic, dude. Like, yeah, my pants are I'm wearing Ewok print, you know, pajama pants. But that's just it is what it is. I feel like there's like a sleep and th this is definitely not scientifically accurate, but okay. I wake up so much more if I take a shower. If I don't take a shower, I feel like sleep is like still clinging to my skin and like I'm just like groggy the whole day. I really need that. I need that. Uh, How hot is your shower? Hot shower? Cold shower? No, it medium? doesn't matter. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, some shower. people are like, you're like, I need the, you know, some people are like, I need burns when I, I go I in there. I need neither. I need it to just be, there's actually a setting degrees. on our uh, shower that is like, if you press a button, you can go hotter, but like that's, you know, my that's wife really, yeah, my, my wife goes like scorched earth on the shower, yeah. but I just go right at that middle point. Not too hot, not too cold. Yep. Uh, and it's, uh, it's appropriate for both my two-year-old and for me. So, uh, that's how, you know, it's, it's pretty, the heat uh, tolerance of a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah. I have the, I have the pain tolerance of a two-year-old. I do start crying, uh, if it's a little too hot and then my wife has to come in and adjust it down. Uh, but you know, and what I do it, use no tear shampoo. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> you're like, cause it stings. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My eyes going to be red all day now. Sarah's I like don't want ice on it. <laughs> Sarah's doing a zoom call with a patient. And I come in out of the shower with just like, <laughs> My just lather all over there. <laughs> I can't see. No. Have oh. you, Tori, did you like, did you go from not doing your shower, your routine to suddenly being like, okay, I'm going to begin implementing this. Or did you stay pretty consistent? No, I stay, I stay pretty consistent. I, I added a cold shower because, yeah, it's really hard wow. to, like, get going. So I do I do this thing where I'll, like, put on a couple of songs, like, super, super loud and, like, put the water as cold as it will go. And then I'm just in there for two songs, like, whatever Damn. it takes. So I'm what just are those powering songs? through. Uh, well, obviously, wet-ass pussy right now. There you but, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just whatever. Beyonce, Jadena, whatever I feel yeah. like listening to that morning. Right. So, I just wasn't yeah. sure if, like, there's a very specific vibe when you're like, I'm about to go into the frigid water. I need, like, to just... But yeah, you just need something Anything you can, you can to like vibe to dance a little. Too. Yeah, because you, you gotta keep you gotta keep it moving a little bit. Otherwise, you you're just gonna jump out. <laughs> Interesting, because in my see, I'm preparing for just all out battle. So I'm thinking like, okay, I'm gonna listen to DMX's first album. It's dark and hell's hot, and I'm just right. gonna be like, ah! you know what I mean? Like just trying to like <laughs> deal with it. But I like your strategy is more like use that energy and yeah. then redirect it to motion. Yeah, I like it. Very philosophical. Mm. Uh huh. So that's that's what I've that's what I've been doing. But yeah, I never I never really like switched to the like, you know, yoga pants all day, all night yeah. kind of thing. I mean, I did that when my kids were little and you know, yeah. sometimes it's a necessity, but like 
my kids are bigger now, so I can get dressed and look presentable, even if I'm just walking to my Zoom call. Yeah, so. well, I'm mm-hmm. still baby, so uh, <laughs> Ewok <laughs> pants will never die. <laughs> uh, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Okay, so this is kind of my this is kind of my job. So this was really hard for me to to think about because there there are just there are just so so many. But mm. um, let's see. I think one that really bugs me is um, I think the myth that like racism of the past, right? So like Jim Crow or slavery or or you know land theft or whatever, like that doesn't affect the present. I think that's <laughs> that's really the myth that bugs mm. me a lot and. I don't know. It's it's just like no, we we have data on this shit. Like, come on, guys, get get it together. Yeah. Facts don't care about your feelings, as one Mister DAP likes to say. So, yeah. um, did you yeah. see that meme of, of Ben Shapiro and his wife? And it it said like it was his wife and underneath it said the levy, and then with Ben Shapiro it said Chevy or my Chevy. <laughs> <laughs> I took my Chevy to the left. <laughs> the levy was That's a deep cut meme. Well, you gotta really have to overlook for those lyrics. But I'm like, this this material is never ending. But yeah, I think the whole, you know, like, but I didn't own slaves, or you know, that same argument is just all these like shields that a lot of people still try and put up to absolve themselves of either thinking that the whole debate is about like Hey, you, white person, take stand and deliver and take accountability for the slave-owning class of the antebellum South right. versus it being like, can you acknowledge that the deck was so fucked up when it was shuffled and stacked in the complete opposite direction that now as a country, we have an obligation to unfuck it? And it's not that we're saying, you specifically, sir, from this region, Get on, you know, come bring your 40 acres in your mule ASAP. It's about just the first step is just being able to acknowledge it. But I think it's so hard for so many people to like look at the ugly history and how that reverberates into the present. Yeah. I mean, and like the thing is, you know, my my dad was born in the 50s. Like he had to use the colored water fountain. This is not ancient history. Right. right? He didn't. His parents didn't have the right to vote until they were in their 30s. Um. Yeah, yeah and, and people people just act like it's so long ago, and it's like no, it it really was. It really wasn't. I keep using this comparison, but it's really like 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 seeing Narnia. Like some people just don't believe it till they've seen it or experience it, and aren't willing to just take people's you know that, testimony. They've about done it. research on this that white people are actually like significantly less empathetic towards black people specifically. Like they, they're like empathy neurons, like your mirror neurons, like don't fire for white people frequently. Like unless you have really, really close, like good relationships with black people or indigenous people or, you know, non-white Hispanic people, whatever the case is. Like, yeah, the majority of white people, because we're like, we live in a country that's like self-segregated now as opposed to like, you know, enforced segregation that like, yeah, like white people's mirror neurons frequently just don't come on when they see and how could you blame them based on the media diet? People mm-hmm. are basically yeah. fed from the the moment they can open their from, eyes. It's from like, the womb. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. So it's like, yeah. I know. I know. It's, still, it's like, and it's not to say that like that can't be. Okay. I'm sorry for going all the way in on this. I, no, no. That's I, what no. the show so is about. I, before that I did this, before is. I did anti-racism work, like as an educator, I worked in a neuroscience lab. So I get really fired up about this shit. Um, oh, great. Even better. The thing yes. is like. It doesn't have to be that way. Like you can go out and develop really good relationships with people yeah. of color and like 
fix that, right? But yeah. like that's probably the default in your brain because that's just how neurons work, right? Like yeah, or neurons, like oh, that's different, or it just or immediately like, that's not me, that's not my right, exactly, exactly. World. But we have this, we you know, neuroscientists say like neurons that fire together wire together. When you see a black face, it's usually like football or a mugshot on the news or like right. some right. super racist movie from the nineties. <laughs> um, and that's what that's the associations that you're making because you don't have like. Your teacher wasn't. You black, don't think like dad, or, right? Exactly, yeah, aunt, exactly. Yeah. Whereas like me, I'm like, oh, that's my dad, right? So yeah. obviously, like, I'm like more empathetic <laughs> because that's what I see. Like, I see that humanity and I see that struggle. Um, well, that's our privilege, though. You know, that's sorry. what they're going to say. That's your something. <laughs> <laughs> they're oh spinning. Like, that's your guy's privilege that you have empathy privilege. I'm like, I don't know uh. because I didn't choose to be black and eight. I don't know. This is how it ended up. But yeah, like there is. There's a responsibility, right? You were raised in a situation that was just like segregated by default or however your situation ended up where you just grew up in the suburbs and there just weren't a lot of people of color around. I think if you are a person of goodwill, as Dr. King said, like you have a moral obligation to try to like fix that in your brain (laughs) and make good, solid, loving, kind, empathetic relationships with people of color. Absolutely. I will now get off of my soapbox. Thank you. No, oh, this I don't. This show is one big soapbox. What, I don't think yeah. you realize that when you <laughs> log into the Zoom call. Yeah, but that's I feel like specifically designed that way, mm-hmm. like for yeah. like by by the culture that thrives on white supremacy. It's an entire like social order that is yeah. designed that way, and so you have to actively. Uh, unlearn a bunch of shit and learn a bunch of new shit in order to not be uh i mean yeah and if you find yourself saying like this kind of mirrors my upbringing look at it like this you're in the movie the village okay and yes they had you acting like you don't look up there i don't don't know what that plane is but come out outside the village it's pretty chill you're gonna learn a lot you'll expand your whole worldview and then you realize you were taught a lot of dumb shit along the way that you don't need anymore and in fact it's it's much less scary than you were told in the village Uh, Because that's the whole thing is like the ability to other people and negate their human experience is the only way you can act cruel towards them is like it's I don't know. It's so abstract to me. I see this black person begging for their life in the street, but (laughs) I just can't. It just doesn't click. And that's Mm -hmm. and that really, truly is. It's the very dark, cynical, by design way of a lot of how the media messages work on our brains. So, yeah, absolutely. Come on out the village, y'all. It's pretty cool. That Brian Stevenson quote that at the end of Thirteenth, that's people always say that's so crazy. If I was living at that time, I would never have tolerated anything like that. And the truth is, we are living in this time. We are tolerating it. We never got out of it. Yeah, never left. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about uh, other shitty things. And we're back, and there is an imminent uh, threat to our democracy right now uh, with the pandemic and the president who caused it. Uh, We are now facing a situation where we probably need a fully functioning postal service to have a a proper election, a proper practice of democracy, and... uh, we're not going to have 
a fully functional uh, postal service. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, when we record this, the postmaster general is uh, testifying in front of the Senate. So I'm not sure what lies he's saying there, but we know last week it was a lot of bullshit. He like had a letter. It's like, oh, don't worry. I'm gonna not holding off on those changes till after the election. And then when asked about what about all this shit you just did, he's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. So um, I got to go. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, right. Now we're seeing, you know, their internal emails are showing that the Postal Service is telling employees to keep the sorting machines that were being dismantled like as is in their completely state of fucked. Uh, so this is something from uh, this email says, quote, please message out to your uh, respective maintenance managers tonight. Uh, this is a director of maintenance operations. They are not to reconnect slash reinstall machines that have been previously disconnected without approval from HQ maintenance, no matter what direction they are getting from their plant manager. I mean, hmm. Jesus, that's just straight up being like, yeah, keep them sabotaged. Shit sabotaged. Yes. Don't even think about like even then, like don't reconnect or reinstall this thing. And there's a lot of footage of uh, like some of the dismantled machines in Michigan that were just like chilling in a parking lot. And you're like, it's it, it. Yeah, it's all there in your face. They are doing every little thing to try and gum up the works to not get a proper vote count or whatever narrative they're going to need to spin to seize the election or whatever they think they can do. Um, and meanwhile, the state Republican parties in Arizona, Pennsylvania, and North Carolina, major swing states, uh, they're all encouraging their voters to consider mail-in ballots like on in mailers that registered Republicans are getting. In Arizona, they got one that had a quote from the Trump uh, from the Trump, <laughs> from the Trump <laughs> quote from the Trump uh, I mean, that read, "What are people historically going to refer to him as? the Trump?" <laughs> yeah, the I Trump? don't know. Like, what the like, fuck? Might truly, as well. I don't know what yeah. they're going to call it. Like, yeah, Trump con, whatever. So he says, "I will be an absentee voter." We have a lot of absentee voters. It works, so we are in favor of absentee. That's uh, that's plastered on a mailer to Republicans. While on you know publicly, he's like, you know, the mail-in stuff. It's just a complete con job. You don't know what's going to happen. Then in North Carolina. Another state that Trump won in 2016, uh, very narrowly. Uh, he there is very similar mailer, different quote. This one says absentee ballots are fine because you have to go through a precise process to get your voting privilege. Privilege. Mm -hmm. mm, it's a privilege, not a right. Yeah, well, that's that's sort of the way this country sort of built, turning right. rights into privileges and being like, "What are you talking about, man? That was a privilege. That was a right. right. I don't know." I think you're wrong about that right. So, yeah, the whole <laughs> thing is very it's like this is just the sloppiest voter suppression. You know, like they're even sending their like their mixed messaging on everything is uh, it, it just shows how like hollow these attacks are yet how much they're also like, but please also use that cuz all your votes count too, but also we need to just, uh, Right. It's, Publicly they're trying to make it seem like mail-in doesn't work, make people as cynical as possible so they don't use mail-in, but they're privately telling republicans to use it it yeah. seems to be the way to the way it's going i mean that 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 scans based yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> it's just, huh. okay like, yeah i i've never i've never i've never voted like in person in my life we've had oregon has had you know mail-in only right. for decades my entire adulthood so yeah there's and there's not a lot of there's not a lot of fraud i know no. likes to say that there's a lot of fraud and i had someone jump in my mentions on twitter the other day and they were just like well obviously like 
there's going to be fraud because you can they just take the ballots and they just dump them in a place and anyone can come and grab one and you don't have to be registered or anything and like no they like they give you a specific barcode like it has your full name and address printed on it like if your signature doesn't match they toss it out yeah, these aren't like blank sheets that you just right. come up with. Like, here's fifty thousand votes. I just filled. It's like right. when you're you're voting for the NBA All Star game, like in the nineties, <laughs> when you just go to McDonald's and buy the fat ass stack. And you're like Nick Van Axel for everything. Like that's just not how this shit works. No, it's not at all. But I, I mean, I get I get that there's misinformation out there and mm-hmm. disinformation. Like yeah. people don't know how how mail in ballots work. It's kind of nice because you can just sit on your couch and watch netflix and google all the candidates and all the issues yeah. um, as opposed to having to be like oh there's 50 people behind me like i gotta rush through this yeah. um well that's I why you just gotta bring your cheat sheet if you're if you do the i always i always when i it's always funny when you go to vote and you see the person who's doing all the googling and the at the ballot <laughs> box and you're like oh come on <laughs> come right. on you yeah. didn't know all right well whatever at least you're here shout out to you for doing the work but like come on man we got <laughs> We need we need to keep this line going. Oh my gosh! Can can Democrats send out little mailers that say, "Hey, go to the whitest district that you can drive to and vote there"? Because yeah, I don't, I don't know how actually voting in person works. Like, can you go to any spot? It in depends. The state? It depends on a state to state, no, county to no county. Idea. Like, LA now is sort of like you can go to just any polling place wherever. Okay. Yeah, okay. before it used, it used to be, to be you had to go right to your to precinct. Your, yeah, wow. yeah, um, that's wild. Which made it a little difficult in the primary. I was like, that line was very, very long. Like, depending on what time of day you went, but whatever. Just, yeah, I'm, I've never, I've never like waited less than thirty minutes to vote ever in my life. So I'm always like ready wow. to, to be there for an hour or so. But you can't miss work. That's the important thing. Like we were talking about with schools, yeah. you can't miss work because then you'll you won't be able to eat, and it's an existential uh, threat yeah. to whoa, you. Whoa, 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 so. pal! Where are you going? <laughs> it's, it's election <laughs> day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and right. You already took your Union 15. I'm That's like, right. but what? I gotta. I'm sorry. I'm gonna go. Yeah. It's 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 very it's dark times. Dark times. But yeah, that's why I think everyone has to be as encouraged as possible to to ensure that whatever you know, get your vote in there. If you're trying to again, you could flatten the curve, as we say, with the postal service who's saying like, please don't send. If you're gonna send it in, don't send it in the fucking week before. Because then it just causes a massive backlog, and that does affect our ability to process everything in times. Like, if you got them now, send them in now. You might as well do it because that'll help just keep things steady, and then we'll be we can still run at capacity. But even then, I think there's also a very group of people now, or a defined group of people who are engaged with the news and almost like, fuck, do I just go to the polling place even though I can, just so I can feel like the tangible, like there you go. But either way, the votes have to get in. Um, <laughs> Just yeah. got to figure out the best way to do that. Our only saving grace is the people that are trying to hijack all of this are like deeply incompetent at yeah. almost everything. So right. maybe we'll pull this off. Well, this is the thing with any Trump fuckery scandal. It's always like there's like this is the part you see. And then two weeks later, three weeks later, it's like, oh, and then there's all this other shit that they were that's even sloppier and darker, but they couldn't yeah. keep under wraps. And now we're finding out about it. So. I mean, again, I think like everyone, we just have to brace ourselves to just react as quickly and be as malleable as possible. So we don't, you know, have our votes completely discounted. Yeah. But I mean, as a party they're like that is their entire modus operandi. Like they raison d'etre. Raison d'etre. They, they can't exist without 
uh, without this. Yeah. yeah. So like that's, I think they're probably getting pretty good at it. So yeah. it's it's that's a true. real threat. I yeah. mean, so I went to like a local uh, Republican meeting. Like someone just took me to one. This was like in 2009, 2010 um, mm-hmm. in Washington State. Um, it was, a, I guess it's not a rural county. It was Thurston County GOP like they were just having mm-hmm. a meeting and yeah, their whole thing was like, okay, so we're going to get these issues on the ballot, like the non-election years, because we know that Democrats are less likely to turn out those years. So we won't have to fight as hard to get this stuff passed. You know, they're like gun legislation and what, whatever else right. they were trying to do. Um, and they just like, they just admit it out loud. It's like, yeah, we just got to yeah. make, we just got to like set this up so that, you know, we get the fewest people to turn out because that automatically puts the odds in our favor. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, there there is an insurgency mentality because they are not like they it's a democracy and they don't have the votes. So they have to their whole uh, reason for existing or continued existence depends on them finding finding these loopholes. Yeah. Um, so Facebook, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people. Do you remember that uh, video of the Thai tsunami, the 2004 tsunami, where there's a guy just like standing there watching the wave come, oh, like on yeah, the beach. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's kind of, I keep being reminded of that as I think about this election, like that I'm just like standing there and there's nothing really to do, but you know, like it's just about to be everything's about to be upside down. Like, so Facebook, I guess, is having meetings daily now to be like, okay, so these are all the things that are probably going to go wrong. Like, what do we do? Um, and all their solutions are wildly inadequate, uh, as they typically are, but it, it's revealing What's their it, first solution. I don't know. Just, just let it, just let it go. I don't know. It's not our problem. <laughs> It's kill Facebook. switch, Miles. Kill switch. So oh, kill switch engage. Sounds sound, sounds like a big deal. It's like, damn, they're re- they're willing to go there. Okay. Uh, that's a kill switch on all political ads. <laughs> so like Wait, the a- day after, after the election. After? So okay. at the day of the election, if Trump d- tries some fuckery, then they're gonna stop allowing uh, misinformation uh, on their on their platform. After the fact, it's like cool, cool. cool. You should be willing to shut down Facebook. That might be uh, an adequate, like partial yeah. response, but that's like a, that your house is burning down. And like, Oh, should we put it out? You're like, nah, man, when it gets too close, we'll just leave. It's like, <laughs> but we got to, what? That's not a yeah. fucking what? Okay. I mean, the conversations they're having are the conversations. Every media outlet needs to be having right now. Like, what is going to happen when Trump tries to invalidate like the election results or when he tries to declare victory early when, you know, there there's evidence of foreign interaction or foreign interference or like all the different ways that uh, the Trump administration can fuck with the results like that needs to they just assume those are going to happen because he's not going to let anything that uh, has him leaving office happen without some sort of just trying to completely fuck everything up just i don't know like i don't know 
like I said, you know, it's a, it's it's this is like a very big moment for the status quo in this country. I mean, every every election is, but like it this could go in so many different directions. It's really hard to like wrap your head around like what version is right. even a, the good version, you know? Yeah. Like you you like if Biden wins, then what does that presidency look like? And then will all the cries of the downtrodden people be heard or will they not penetrate the White House again? You know, like what's going to happen? Uh, or do we just get like in your face, just boot stomping on, you know, like like we're seeing already now? Uh, yeah, but I, it's it seems like an easy thing for a lot of the people, like especially in mainstream media, like they're just in a different socioeconomic existence where they're like, I don't know, that would be really chaotic, wouldn't it? Tell me more, Katie Couric. Right. And it's like, I don't know a poor per- I couldn't name a poor person to save my life, but right. I have a feeling it's going to be uh, pretty, pretty, pretty bad. You know, I think that the real stakes, I feel like, are just not being communicated to people because this is really okay, this shit could go in a lot of bad, a lot of bad places. And like if you're not stealing yourself to understand like what the messaging could be around it or what the tact or the. The strategy is going to be of of the Republican Party to try and justify it. Like you're left with many, you're like sort of defenseless uh, in certain aspects. So, because Facebook's whole argument or defense every time their platform is used to cause like mass casualties or you know an ethnic cleansing or they're they're always like we're just a platform we can't do anything to stop this. But it's interesting that they are basically acknowledging. I like I don't think Facebook is going to be like even if you shut down Facebook and Trump is trying to like stage a false flag or like do whatever he needs to do to keep power. I don't think shutting down Facebook is going to do anything uh, necessarily, but it is interesting that they are acknowledging, yeah, we got to be careful because uh, I mean, don't if want another yeah. another 2016. You just look at, I mean, look, if they were worth a fuck, they'd look at all the pages that are all interconnected and are used to create like these, like, you know, gaming the algorithm to get news stories to to start popping and shit. And really looking at that properly and be like, is this story about George Soros funding Black Lives Matter real? Nope. No. So get it the fuck off rather than being like, well, you know, to some people it might mean, no, dude, for some people it's just racist turbo fuel. The Q stuff is really, I I don't think people should underestimate how, like how that group, like it's literally a death cult that thinks Donald Trump is the only line between the fall of civilization and all their children being kidnapped. And yeah. they think that if he loses, like, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I think, I think it could get really, really bad. And it's much more widespread than we realize. There's a story from a week before last, this woman in Waco, Texas, who was drunk driving her car and smashing it into other people, chasing a woman and her daughter because she got red pilled on the QAnon shit and was saying like, I got to save this little girl and mm. was chasing a mother and daughter. And then, like, when she lost track of them, found another car and just started ramming this guy in his truck and saying, like, when the cops got there, she was telling them, like, I had to save this little girl from trafficking. And she was under the influence and had a history of some other things, too. But there was an article written in Right Wing Watch about her sort of path there, how she started, you know, like, not really that engaged in politics or anything like that. But a friend of hers was like, oh, my God, have you seen this Q stuff? And she it just it just clicked. 
And she started getting more and more into it. And then she started like getting down on her friend. She's like, you showed me this. And now you're saying it's like, you don't believe in it. See, then you're, you're with them. And sort of how immediately this, she had this narrative she was operating within very quickly. And it's yes, this whole idea of the satanic cannibal pedophiles who are eating people. And a lot of this stuff overlaps with real life events so it's you know it's just got enough depending on how you need to make sense of the world that you can just use this to start causing massive amounts of chaos and and just danger for people i think that also the right like they really put a pretty similar like play into motion with abortion because there was this kind of i mean there was a lot of talk about like oh we need to start bombing abortion clinics like these people are murdering babies like we need to have serious discussions about what it looks like to stop these people not obviously as we know like many doctors who performed abortions have been assassinated by these people um you know there wasn't the internet back then so it was a little bit harder for them to organize but i feel I, i see a lot of parallels just with that and like how i was i was straight up brainwashed into that like i was watching anti-abortion propaganda films before I could read. So like, there's a lot of people that are deep, deep into that shit and are trying to like also brainwash their children. But like, yeah, they can't tell up from down anymore because they're so, they're so deep into it. And now we just have the internet, which, you know, compounds the problem. And our, you know, our needs for narrative, like Mm -hmm. Jack, you were saying like how as humans, like we need this like narrative structure to make sense of most shit. Like sometimes it's not enough to just look at data or history and be like, Oh, okay. I understand. Like it's awful, but like, it's almost like, okay, but why is there 5g? Because there has to be a bad guy. Okay. And he's in a layer. Okay. And that's, and that's, um, that's Bill Gates and he's using five. Yes. Okay. And then the 5g, you know, like rather than just being like, I'm living in a world that is completely rotten from the inside with greed and a lack of humanity. And these people who have a lot more money can continue to operate without any empathy or humanity because they're not as connected to the world as the rest of the working people. And unfortunately they have more influence that the, the, no, no, that's, that's too much. Who's the bad guy and who's the good guy. Yep. Okay. And who's Sauron and who is fucking Gandalf. That's right. what I need to know is Donald is Donald Trump is Gandalf. Okay. And George Soros is Sauron easy. Okay. Then that makes uh fucking Stephen Miller, Bilbo Baggins, like whatever the fuck they, it's just, ugh. Is that how you pronounce Gandalf, or is that a Gandalf Alf uh, crossover that you were just describing? Oh, I just I respect the hard A's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. When you I'm, a, that, I'm a I Tolkien disrespecter. <laughs> With Alf in the Gandalf role, uh, <laughs> dude, you, that has to be a meme, right? Already, oh, where it's for Alf sure. as, oh, look, as the inter- you know, you know, the internet already did that, but um, yeah, but it, we really do need it's it's this really just human need to also simplify these things in the same way that someone who doesn't want to actually cast a you know a clear eye and conscience to the problem of white supremacy in this country, it's easier to be like. Uh, this Jewish guy is paying the blacks to complain. Like, what? Yeah. That's really easier for... I'm like, I'd rather do that than be like, this country's built on white supremacy and like, and I and I've benefited from it. I didn't know I did, but I'm, people are trying to tell me that. And I don't, I don't want to hear that. So tell me about George Soros again. Yeah. I, I have a hard time, you know, we all suffer from recency bias and, you know, uh, w- but there, I think there's also that the opposite of that, where we are so steeped in something 
so steeped in all these stories that we don't realize how profoundly fucked the situation is. And the fact that we have the fastest growing cult in the country, maybe the history of the country in Q, uh, their leader uh, is the president of the United States. And he is owning like that. They're adulated. Like he, he's like, yeah, I hear they like me. That's great. These are people who are the most armed people in the history of our country, the most armed private citizenry. And then like underlying that, we have the pandemic. We have, you know, the uprisings. We have all these different things. I really think we're in like one of the most dangerous situations in the history of the country and where it's just hard to fully grasp how how dangerous the Q situation really yeah. is. Well, and it's also because, again, the lack of explanation for things, and it does translate to people's real life day-to-day lives, where it's like even yeah. liberal, progressive, QAnon, whatever, you might be affected financially, economically in this exact same way, but you're going to have different explanations for that. And what's the the shitty part is the people that are responsible are in charge for the messaging and are never going to tell you it's, it's, actually, it's actually on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we should actually get the fuck out of here because we completely fucked this up. That's not going to happen. So now we have, you know, we're, we're, we're getting to this point where people need answers and some are, you know, retreating to these conspiracy theories because it's easier to wrap their heads around and other people are getting in the streets and it's, you know, everyone's looking at it in different ways. And that's what I think that's the the biggest issue is like when the president could just be like, you know, to be honest, the Q people, I understand what you're saying. The reason the economy shut down isn't because the pandemic was planned. It's because I had completely removed the social safety net and I emphasized this economy for more of a casino style economy with Wall Street in which we're not actually considering what the lived experiences of working people as we ship jobs away from the country. So the upper crust can make even more money like even then, it'd be like, I don't know, man. Maybe you're, you know, it's, he, it's, they it's would even take hard the to even color imagine of his tie as a symbol that the opposite <laughs> under of distress. what he's saying yeah. is true. Like, like he oh. wore a yellow tie to a thing, and they were like, well, that means that he's saying that the pandemic isn't real because yellow <laughs> is the shipping uh, signal for all clear. So, therefore, like, it's just, it's impossible. It's literally, I can't imagine a scenario where this doesn't go really really badly yeah and that's uh that's scary uh all right let's talk about uh netflix top 10 when we come back and we're back (laughs) and uh with all of that said uh, let, let's talk about some news. Two uh, important films, uh, two uh, films that were trending. It, we basically are bookending the Netflix top ten list from the end of last week because Project Power was number one, Drunk oh, Parents yeah. was number ten. Uh, Miles, why don't we start with number ten, Drunk Parents? Uh, what is this movie about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's about. I don't know who this is supposed to appeal to. I don't know what. The whole, all my first thought is, what a fucking disaster! I, every movie we've reviewed, I've been like, "Hey, man, when you're locked down, every movie is like an airplane movie." You know yeah. what I mean? Like where it's like, "Yeah, it's just good enough." I, you know what? I'm just gonna cut to it. 
Alec Baldwin does this fucked up Charlie Chan Asian accent multiple times in the film, pretending to be like Asian to dodge bill collectors. And I'm like, this is so fucked up. Like he's he's about to win the Razzie for like most cancelable role because uh, it's like his like characters like, you know, just doing all just these care Asian caricatures and they kind of like, hey, you see that? I don't have to pay my bills now. And it's this story. I have absolutely no em- like sympathy for these characters. They're two rich people who just overextended themselves on some kind of like biotech gamble <laughs> and they don't want to tell their daughter they're broke now. And then it devolves into a bunch of terrible comedy scenes. Wait, are uh, they, uh, why are they drunk? Because they're, they're trying to like, man, they're because they realize that like they've got all these bill collectors coming, like there's someone coming to take their car, there's someone coming to like lock them out of their house, and, like take all their furniture and whatever. And so they're just like, well, shit, what are we going to do? So they just end up like getting drunk and then essentially staying drunk for the entirety of the film. Yeah, but they're like not for even... the reason that alcoholics drink to escape their problems. I don't uh, see so that was weird. that was so that was so strange to me because I was like, I don't really understand. Like, yeah, obviously, it... like substance abuse <laughs> is a problem. So like, what what are you trying? I don't know what you're trying to communicate here that like. They it make was very weird. fun of someone who's using a wheelchair. There's uh, like Will Ferrell and Colin Quinn have the most inexplicable cameos in it where their names are Will and Colin, respectively. Mm. Uh, it, it It's the thing is, like, it was so hard to follow. Like, I couldn't. I don't know if the bit was sort of like, you know, logic, the drunken logic is really hard to follow. Therefore, we will apply that to the entire plotting out of this, like, script but it's just like you you don't understand their solutions to certain problems or like they're stealing shit and next time they they take something else and it's not clear like what the you know most scripts tell you like what the stakes are and like they must achieve this thing by this time and it's sort of like yo they're broke and sloppy and Salma Hayek's gonna do a lot of improv uh so I don't know it was it was it was it was so strangely written too because it's like you have this one kind of pivotal scene that's like two minutes long essentially and like just kind of resolves itself and then they're walking along the highway <laughs> like what o- okay how, did you how understand did this... that people who kidnapped them and were accusing them of being like p- like pedophiles or something right I, I mean i got that but then it was like okay and they and, and we're walking home now yeah what 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 and are they blackmailing there are so many things like it really felt there were like also these like lines of dialogue that were clearly like just these like shock jock sort of lines where like Selma Hayek's like trying to describe a place like imagine they're Oompa Loompas on speed like guarding this place. I'm like, that's what is that as a joke? And like, I don't even know what you're describing. You just like to say the words Oompa Loompas on speed. And a lot of like the dialogue just fell flat or was like really offensive or just didn't make sense. So the whole time I was like, am I too like high to watch this i don't know but it still doesn't make sense so hmm. yeah i was so So high recommend it, it, it doesn't it didn't make any sense sober yeah. either so don't worry about it <laughs> yeah I, I have to say like do not honestly shame on everybody involved with this film uh because mm. this was not in not even in the closest bit redeeming uh i cannot believe like i just don't understand how these two performers got wrangled into this project because it they couldn't have read the script and been like this is a fucking genius are you kidding me these irresponsible wealthy people who are just like on a bender that 
the and the dialogue is right. just like racy and like provocative. It, What's it's the really... drunk movie uh, from the '80s? Arthur is that it? Where the guy's oh, yeah. like uh, charmingly drunk the whole time. So maybe they were just trying to do like the updated version of that. Um, there was nothing charming about the characters. Yeah. Like there was nothing that made you go like, oh, like I kind of I empathize with their struggle, even though I've never been wealthy. Like you know, being yeah. broke sucks. Like there was there was there was none of that. And then there was like this Jim Gaffigan character who is on like the sex predator watch list yeah. or whatever because he tried to save some kids from a shark. And then but then he like pivots and decides to try to like assault some Hayek's character. I don't even. Yeah, like there's so many things her. you don't. It's so it's so bizarre. It is, and then so she bizarre. traps him. Right, then it's like <laughs> reverse. It's like aha, I got your ass. And you're like, how did you? I didn't even understand what the dynamic was a second right, ago. Like, but what now was you're in the to be happening here. It's it's truly one of the more frustrating things I've ever seen that was described as a comedy. So if you want a pure rage watch, like watch it because you're gonna be like, this is fucking a dis- This is a waste of my human being time. Uh, you cannot exist as a human while watching this without getting a flood of emotions. And yeah, the other thing that was, uh, who was the other, there was just like these bits that didn't make sense. There's like this whole drawn out bit where Alec Baldwin errantly smokes a spider and then like a bunch of, then like Salma Hayek in a later scene, got, she's covered in a bunch of CG spiders because of something he smoked. It's. I don't know. I, I as I describe this, I feel like I I'm losing my own. I thought that the spiders were like the the spiders got laid in the wig by the mama spider, and then she's wearing the wig, and then like they the descend. eggs hatch, and then they're like crawling all down her face and whatever. But like, yeah, I didn't understand. Like, how do you smoke a like? There's a spider on your cigarette. Like, you're yeah, not she's smoking like you smoked a spider. It's not even a thing that can happen. Like, I don't understand. Okay, full disclosure, yeah, no. I have smoked a spider. Yeah, okay, well, this is local that. lore and I had to text my friends because I was like yo I'm watching this movie there's a scene where Alec Baldwin smokes a spider my friend no bullshit he said he texted me back he's like yo they stole your IP uh, because <laughs> in high school I remember I found a, a dried out daddy long legs corpse and oh, I yeah. put it in a bowl and I thought you know I'm, you're 16 and you know you're watching jackass and then nothing happened so that actually explains a lot about you <laughs> yeah yeah so, guys, uh, look forward to the rest of the Daily Zeitgeist where I'll no longer be a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, explains your long legs, Daddy. Um, <laughs> Whoa, okay. You, you know, off for a you, know, you know I'm sensitive. No, he's, he's shading me because I always talk about my short legs. <laughs> Do what? Do you? I didn't know You that. just don't just... hear me, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well. What about Power Project? Project Power. Project, Project Power. So it starts out very like B movie. The premise is very B movie. It's like, what if there was a pill that gave you animal superpowers? Mm-hmm. But then Jamie Foxx shows up, and within five minutes, I was writing the note: "This movie fucking rules." <laughs> <laughs> I, Jamie Foxx is so awesome in this, and this movie knows what's cool and like lovable about Jamie Foxx so well that it just makes it work. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. They do a goodish job. Like some of it's cheesy, but it's set in New Orleans, and they like really. So I don't know. This is going to be a, a wild idea, but New Orleans is almost like a second character in the movie. Huh. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard anyone describe that uh, in a oh. Woody Allen movie, say. But uh, okay. no, they want they want you to be like New Orleans is really a character in this movie. Uh, and there are some really dope settings, uh, and 
uh, it feels like it works some of the time, which is good enough because it's such a absurd, over the top, like supernatural uh, premise that you need it to be like grounded in reality, kind of. It like it basically functions uh, the way that what what's the movie where it's like all uh, found footage of superheroes? Chronicle. chronicle? Yeah, yeah. It, they're trying to do like like you need a sort of chronicle situation to uh, ground it, and like they try and use New Orleans to do that, and it kind of works. What did you think, Tori? I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny because I thought that the Jamie Foxx character art slash the major. I think that, that was yeah. What it, yeah. I, I thought it was really funny because yeah, it was like it kind of started out. I'm like, okay, this feels this feels a little cheesy. Like, I'm I'm interested, but but it feels a little yeah, cheesy. Like, and then, like, like I get it. Right. And then Jamie Foxx rolls in, and it's like you couldn't make this guy not look like a rock star. Like there he's isn't, so cool. Right. He's, and I'm like, what? he's supposed to, he's driving like this shitty, like beat up truck. And he's like, not, he's not necessarily like wearing like super like flashy clothes or sure. whatever. And he's still, his clothes just, like, suck. All, I don't know. There's just like this charisma that like radiates off of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like real is that what the pill does that he hard. Takes? No, cause he doesn't uh, take oh. it until Whoa. the end. Till the end. Oh wow! Oh, don't uh, spoilers. So, uh, you know by the way, he's like, I'll never take the pill, and then he's like, speaking yeah. of stealing IP, uh, they the screenwriter of this owes uh, cracked.com a nod because we wrote a movie like 15 oh, years ago gosh. called Coolest Animal Superpowers, <laughs> and all of the superpowers in this are animal superpowers we talked about in that article. Oh my god! Including the number one is the one that Jamie Fox has and like reveals at the end. All right, uh, so Zeit Gang, if you are a, a lawyer dealing in intellectual yeah. property law, please contact us because between my spider smoking in uh, drunk <laughs> parents and the cracked article, I mean, who wants to make some money here? Um, <laughs> up to y'all. The, ca- the, the cases are just waiting. To it does have like some of the like bad action movie. They're just like, it's only the best action movies that get it right where like you don't feel like the person's just going like doing wildly reckless things and then miraculously surviving. And like that happens like a a bunch of times in this to the point Mm. that you feel like you're watching somebody just get extremely extraordinarily lucky like Jamie Foxx and his sidekick is played by Dominique Fishback and she's really great but they keep like putting themselves into these scenarios where there's no way they would survive but like because they're cool like they get they get through um joseph gordon levitt also in it in a supporting role uh fine it's doing a southern accent that's like 40 percent convincing but that's about all as convincing as you need it to be um but yeah it's like it could use a little bit. It could have used a another rewrite where they were like, "Okay, there's there's no reason he should think that he would survive this scenario." Like like John Wick gets that right in the sense that they just give him like the skill set that he can do those things. Like that's the whole point of the movie. Uh, and like Die Hard and like other action movies where it's like you believe that the person is vulnerable to death, whereas this it just feels like. They're putting themselves in the scenario knowing that they're in a movie and therefore have to survive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really cool. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I, I I'm so curious the hell out that of it. both you and Tori immediately go, yeah, like it started off, 
Then Jamie Foxx shows up. Yo. Like, what's this? Is there like, is it the scene? Is it the manner in which? Because it sounds like you're responding or it just merely, once his character enters, like it helps give the the film the texture. I that was trying. Was okay, like, so okay. the first the first image that you see of Jamie Foxx is his ashy ass, ashy ass, that's hard to say, hand, mm-hmm. like in his, in his dumpy little pickup truck. And I was like, oh, okay, they're going to make him, you know, look kind of rough. And I feel like they kind of tried to make it like he, I was like, oh, he's probably gonna have like shitty facial hair or shitty haircut or something. Like he's not gonna mm-hmm. look super sharp and trimmed right. I don't, I don't know. There's something about Jamie Foxx where he looks like a movie star all yeah, the fucking true. time. And, he's a movie star. Like right. he is. Like he, Mark Wahlberg, that movie, uh, Spencer Confidential, like kind of uh, floats on the fact that he's a movie star. But this like fully floats on like Jamie Foxx. Right is a better movie star than Mark Walt. Like, Jamie Foxx is a great movie star based on what what happens in this. Yeah. Damn, yeah. I and I feel like he really... Well, so... I don't, I don't... I didn't feel like he necessarily carried the film. Like, they didn't necessarily put all of it on him, which I felt like was good. Um, yeah. And uh, I felt like the Riley character, like... She was such a gem and like so convincing as a 16 year old. I was like, oh my God, this little girl is like 12 years she old. She's so not, good. she's 22. Like the actress right. is 22. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. I was like, oh, I can't believe that he's doing this. Start. Like I was like, she, I feel like she really rocked it in, in the film um, and was, was really pretty convincing um, mm-hmm. personally. And I felt Damn. like her character uh, made it so that you were a little bit more emotionally involved. Yeah. At least for me. The two of them definitely like carry it fully. Right. Fully. Yeah. yeah. And and the whole like where she kind of has to choose between like the major and Joseph yeah. Gordon Levitt's character. Joko. It um, suffers from like bad bad guy. Like the bad right. the evil characters are uh over the top and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not convincing and it's just like yeah, like there's one speech about Henrietta Lacks that is like really. Oh my gosh, like, that was shut so, the fuck so vomity, so vomit um, inducing. Yeah, yeah, they try and like this... compare. It's oh, whack, but you yeah, oh. don't, don't need to do all that. Just yeah. keep it to the pill that gives you cool oh. animal powers, right? But it's it's dope overall. <laughs> like yeah. I, I definitely recommend it, and uh, I think they might be doing a sequel, uh, and I would watch the shit out of that. All right, well, so it sounds like if you want to get angry, watch Drunk Parents, and for a good time, watch Project Power. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, otherwise, uh, movie theaters are opening, I think, uh, or around America, like soft launch of movie theaters, <laughs> where you can watch, as J.M. McNabb, our writer, pointed out, you can go watch classic movies like Jaws and Jurassic Park, two stories about the perils of ignoring deadly disasters. <laughs> but I think Tenet, is Tenet coming out like in limited release? Because the reviews are in for Tenet. Uh, I don't know. So I'm, we'll see. I don't know. I can't. Uh, that's like another thing. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I can't let that thing draw me out of hibernation. I heard uh, the reviews are like, it's decent, but not like... I wonder right. if like it does have a thing like that effect on reviewers because people are just kind of like whatever I don't know yeah like, yeah sure it's fine dude <laughs> it's got it sounds like it has the Nolan thing where it's like ha- like it treats a moderately smartish idea like it's like whoa <laughs> right. you know, like it's uh, but that that usually works on me 
So I yeah. uh, am excited to watch it. It's like the Seinfeld of sort of like action film concepts where it's like, <laughs> it's like this observational. I was like, but like, really, let me blow this no, out. Like, what if you real. could go in a dream though? What if you right. could and we'd share it? Um, but anyways, um, so don't go to movie theaters, but quick tip. Yeah. No matter no. how cheap AMC is setting the ticket prices. No, don't do right. it. That's not, it's not worth it. Come on guys. Stay home. Yeah. You can watch the mayor from Jaws at home. You don't have to be the mayor from Jaws. Uh, <laughs> Tori, it has been so wonderful having you on the oh, Daily thank Zeitgeist. You. It's been awesome. Yeah, where, where I, I people, had fun. Where can people find you and follow you? Uh, I am on the internet from time to time. Um, I'm on yeah. Twitter and Instagram at Tori Glass, Tori with an I. Um, and my podcast is called white homework. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram also at white homework. If that is easier for you to remember. Um, yeah. Websites at Tory glass. It's all pretty straightforward. So that's me. Mm. Boom. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Um, some of the work, <laughs> honestly, like <laughs> the, the, the meme <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh i'm so sorry miles the meme that you were talking about with the little girl sitting at the computer that was like that was so great yeah. but i'm getting i'm getting a lot of mileage out of the ben shapiro dap everything it's just Ugh. yeah it's like the hand wrestling one yeah it's like one of them it's like the black guys like arizona the white guys ben shapiro and it's like it's a dry heat <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with it <laughs> uh, shit. Okay. okay. Yeah. What do you think is going on at that house? Oh my god. Cuz like in a way like you know if the if he truly is trying to delay this at the like feet of his wife partner who's a doctor. Wife. Yeah. Doctor wife. Is he like the kids at school are saying that's not true, mom? Like you know, know like is or is he does he like are they eating dinner and like he did Googling on his own? It's like, no, like in a state of arousal, like it there will be wetness. And he's like, you know, honey, I was doing some reading about she's the like, wax no, stuff. No, that's not true. That's wrong. <laughs> okay. That's okay. not a thing that happens to anyone. Go to the doctor. If you're yeah. wet, go to the doctor. Go to it's the not doctor. Normal. <laughs> also, don't touch me, Ben, please. Ugh. Well, that yeah. I, mean, I assume that's a daily occurrence, but <laughs> Yeah, it's just a, it's 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 I think those are that's where I'm getting a lot of the mileage. Like I'm creating these like really interesting comedy scenes at home or like no, no, I'm he's like, it out entirely. He's like, like wrestling nope. with it. I'm like, you fool. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that he wrestles with things. Like the other day he tweeted right. <laughs> that like that um Ibram Kendi's like how to be an anti-racist book was was a conspiracy theory nope. and i was like nope. he literally says in the book that black people are capable of committing racism which is the argument that you were going for you were saying that black people are racist against you which he didn't read the book no Come that's on, that's man. my point is that he didn't <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. read the book because yeah, if he right, had right. he would have been like oh this guy's kind of on my team a little bit like for this one right. argument like i'm gonna take this and run with it but no he's like no it's just a conspiracy uh, theory the same as QAnon. don't worry about okay. it okay same thing with like wet ass pussies too. It's just all conspiracies. It's all 5G. conspiracies. Yeah. Um, Miles, where can people find you? What's tweet you've been enjoying? Man, you can find me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, Four Twenty Day Fiance. You know, just talking about Ninety Day Fiance. High as fuck. So come stop by for that one. Nice little salve to put on your 
reality <laughs> wounds. That is our world <laughs> we're in. Um, okay, some tweets I like. I think, hold on, let me, I'm just going to hold up my camera or my phone to the screen because this is a picture one and I really enjoy it. This first one is a meme uh, and it shows like a cat like wearing like a mask. Like it's, you know, clearly masked up during the pandemic. So it's just interesting to see this cat. It has eye holes cut out, but the entire face mask is wrapped around the cat. Looks like face. a luchador. Yeah. And then uh, at MTV Cell says, Homie on his ninth life, he ain't taking no chances. <laughs> but the way it looks, it really does feel like that. Uh, and then another one is from April at Autogine Files. I believe, hopefully, I didn't completely mispronounce that. I said, muttering, he's not going to fuck you angrily under my breath when my competitor gets a question right on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like he's gonna fuck you. He's not gonna fuck you. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh shit. That would be amazing and just see the like hot mic cut from yeah. Or the person the other person yeah. hearing it. <laughs> like, wait, what? Huh? Who is Moctezuma? <laughs> it's correct. Fuck you. Fuck you. Jesus. Uh, I love that. Petty um, Jeopardy. Petty Jeopardy. I do wonder. That'd be great, like uh, behind the scenes where they talk about like the best shit talkers in the history of oh, Jeopardy, yeah. uh, like, like Jennings is things that were like, like the Gary fully Caton cut of, from the show. Right. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's this guy Gary Maddock. We could not, we couldn't air his episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, we all know Alex Schmidt, uh, Schmidty the Clam, and uh, he won, uh, I think, three, four, four in a row, and mm. that guy's. Uh, the meanest, the meanest yeah. when he wants to be. Holy shit. It'll take a bite out of your soul. Uh, anyways, a couple of tweets I've been enjoying. Uh, Dana Donnelly tweeted, really sucks that every time you start dating a new guy, you're basically signing up to take a film theory 101 class of his making. You know how many guys? Oh, you know how God. many guys named Matt have given me an hour-long lecture on Goodfellas? And then another one of the funniest people on the internet, Eliza Skinner, replied, Once in the midst of a lecture on De Palma, I tried to make it a conversation and mentioned a couple of De Palma films my date didn't know. His reaction was not so much a record scratch as it was, you have pushed the entire turntable onto the floor, and I'm trying not to cry about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Guys, don't, don't do that. I do guess. better. Do, do better, better y'all. You can do better. We Especially believe in now. you. I mean, shit, I didn't have an excuse in the early aughts uh, when I was just like in college. I'm like, what do you mean you haven't seen City of God? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that was before uh, I was like, yeah. <laughs> then I was like, yeah, you know what? Everyone's got I actually need to ask my wife now whether she was pretending like she gave a shit about my movie takes when we first started dating. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, you need to ask. She about was. This. <laughs> You're like, yes, she was. You don't even have to ask her. Uh, also, hype at the hype tweeted: White people love saying we're back in business when they get back on the road after getting gas. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! That we do, my friend. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the keys one. Like you get right. your keys on the counter. Not getting far without these. Uh, <laughs> again for the second time yep, uh, yep white people they have some funny sayings I'll give yeah. them that much yeah 
Uh, all right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we write out on Miles. What are we writing out on today? Uh, do a, a little new track from Sango, one of my favorite beat makers, producers. Uh, this is called Preto e Dorado. And it is a like mashup of, you know, he has a lot of, he loves Brazilian rhythms uh, in his work. Uh, and so this is kind of a mashup of like a little bit of samba, but like slightly more hip hoppy, but also there are like some really nice like dub elements, like reggae, like there's some like Naya Bingy drumming in it and some fat bass lines. So it's just, it's like very, I don't know, like you're, you're taking a trip to the Southern Hemisphere uh, with a lot of good rhythms. So check out this track and, you know, get, get your week started with some rhythm. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.